0: Welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific podcast. Already this year in 2023, we've heard two stories, two really courageous stories from survivors of abuse. First of all, there was Lola talking about her story of infidelity with her husband and the heartbreak there. Last week, we interviewed Mary and again, her heartbreaking story around abuse and unfortunately how the church did not handle that well. And this week, I'm interviewing another young woman, her name is Dee. But before I introduce her, I just wanna say thank you to especially the many, many women who have messaged me, who have reached out, who have been watching these interviews and just said how much you've been helped um, by them. Thank you for sharing your stories with me, for trusting me with your stories. Also the men, a couple of men have asked, do I listen to men's stories? Absolutely. Uh, I realize that abuse happens to men as well, but overwhelmingly it is the women. And again, I want to say that there is help. Um, In Fiji, I work closely with the House of Sarah. They are great in Suva. If you Google them, they have a phone number. You can reach out to them. They do counseling help groups. Also Caritas comes out of the Catholic Church and they provide good help groups as well. There's the Fiji Women's Crisis Centre, and then there's individual counselling that you can get. And if you go back and look at our podcasts, you'll see that I've done an episode with a counsellor. And so we need help. Um, We need healing, don't we? And I hope we can continue to work with churches and leaders as well to help them get up to speed with um, really to help and come alongside survivors of abuse. So thank you. But I want to welcome you, Dee, this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So, where are you based? Dee, where do you live? What do you do? Um, I live here in
1: Lautoka, Vomo Street, and uh, I'm a single mom. Um, so, I am currently a law student at the University of Fiji, and uh, also I'm um, I'm an artist. I write songs and um, play my guitar. Um, And I'm also working with my Australian mom who is also a missionary here for, she's been here for 10 years now. And so what we do is uh, we actually do counseling with um, domestic violence uh, victims. And uh, we pretty much just uh, go and look look after widows and um, uh, single moms uh, families and uh, just try to help out in the community as much as we can.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yes, and mm-hmm. I've met your Australian mum um, who's living over there in Fiji with you, an amazing woman. Um, as oh, you said, you you are an artist and you, you've written a song called Never Give Up and I've had it on repeat in my house even yeah. though... <laughs> I'm not a survivor of abuse, but I just find myself singing it for all the women who I've listened to. Um, and in a minute, you're going to sing that song for us, but just tell us why, what inspired you to write that song. Um,
1: writing this song is actually, um, it's very personal to me uh, as a victim of uh, child sexual abuse myself. Um, it's just a song that I wrote last year, <clears throat> I think post COVID um, just to remind myself that, um, you know, I'm strong, that I was born for greatness, just to remind myself of my true identity in God, that uh, his word says he made me in his image and in his likeness, and that therefore I am enough in him, that he looked beyond my flaws. It's just also um, a reminder that, Years ago, I wouldn't be as uh, confident as I am now to actually speak out and just to express how I felt back then and still now I'm dealing with it, Um, just being real with you. And so writing this song has um, helped me a lot. And uh, also just, well, I wanna share that uh, also this song has helped a lot of uh, domestic violence victims that um, we've met. Um, and also they've heard this song. And uh, even last night we had our cell group and there was this lady, she came, she's been a victim herself. And um, to see that that also had impacted her, this song that I wrote, and and it's all through the grace of God. It's such a blessing. And um, that's actually what I intend to to do is actually just to spread this song out there. Whoever uh, can relate to this song so this song is actually about any form of abuse. If you've been through that, verbal abuse, domestic, um, uh, domestic violence or child sexual abuse, if you're an adult who's still dealing with that, and this song is for you, uh, just to remind you that you should never, ever give up and that you were born for greatness. Thank you.
0: Great. Well, we're excited to hear it soon. So can you tell us a bit more of your story? You, you've kind of encountered abuse all throughout your life, Um But it started early on. Um, How did it begin as a young girl? Um,
1: So actually for me, uh, I'm from a family of six and um, we used to move from place to place uh, because my dad was a a primary school teacher. And so for me, sexual abuse, uh, child sexual abuse actually started when I was uh, six years old. And uh, this started off when we were in one of the interior schools uh, here in Fiji on the mainland. And my dad was teaching there. It's actually from uh, males who um, uh, who would come to our home and, um, you know, like people from the village, not a lot of them, just a few of them. And at first I thought it was, um, it, I was so new to it, um, I kept everything that was happening all to myself because I thought that, you know, I didn't actually know what to do with it, honestly. And so I thought it was normal that this happens to, you know, all girls who are at the same age as me back then. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, then my dad transferred to my village. That's out in uh, one of the islands. Um, we were there and then, um, I was sexually abused by two of my my uncles. They were my dad's closest cousin brothers. Uh, I'm talking about men who are going to church, who are going to church and they preach in church. And so for them to do what they did to me, I thought that I deserved it because it was a cycle. Started when I was six and then up until I was 13 years old that um, I was in class seven back then. And uh, I couldn't take it anymore. It, was, uh, it happens that one of the, um, the school terms, like holidays, we, uh, we came to our cousin's place here in um, uh, the mainland and uh, he lives in one of the places in, in Suva. And um, it was time for us to go back to the island. That's when I really begged my dad. I said, please, I wanted to stay back. I just wanted to stay back. Just let me finish my primary school year here. That was um, the beginning of class uh, eight for me. I didn't want to go back. And then we'll ask, they were asking me why uh, I couldn't. Back then I didn't have, um, I was not confident enough to actually tell them why. Because the fear of um, it's going to be uh, chaos if I say something. And um, uh, even my uncles, they they threatened me. They said like, you know, if, even if you say this, they wouldn't believe you. Something bad is going to happen to your parents. And, for me at that age, I was like, I was, so, I was so vulnerable and I listened to what they said and so for me to actually stop the abuse altogether is to remain back with my cousin um, in the mainland while my dad uh, and the rest of my family went back to the island and uh, that was it, yeah.
0: And unfortunately your story is the story of so many Fijian girls that I've talked to. How... And I'm still trying to understand because I, yep, you're a very communal culture. There's people in it, many people in and out of houses, um, unlike in Australia. Usually, there's one family per house, but and in villages, people are everywhere. So, how would these men take you away from everyone? How did they have access to you? Would they take you into a room or down by the river? Uh, for me, my story was. Um...
1: Because these were very trustworthy people, like they come to a house. They come to a house every day. Mm. Like they come, and then we have, uh, you know, we have breakfast together, lunch together, dinner together. And uh, they, like what I said before, they they were close to my dad. My dad trusted them, and um, so most of the time, they if my mom wanted to send me to just ask, you know, how we are here in Fiji, go and ask for salt for salt from your neighbor. And before it was like that. So that was one of those opportunities where they could do, you know, whatever they wanted to do when it comes to child sexual abuse.
0: Yeah, it's so sad, isn't it? Very much so. I think we're slowly beginning to wake up that we need to help our children um, have a voice. And if anything like this is happening, they need to come and tell mum and dad and we need to believe them. Absolutely, yeah. But most abuse happens from trusted people in the family, so-called trusted people. So what impact, um, this went on for quite some years as a young girl, What? how did this impact you? The one thing
1: that really affected me would be I didn't know what innocence was like, you know. to be innocent as a child. I didn't know what was that like because pretty much my whole childhood was, was destroyed by child sexual abuse. I, I hated myself. I felt it was unfair that as a young child, I already hated myself for what. And every time I stand in the mirror, I, I would, I think of myself as a a dirty person. I was disgusted with myself, even as a young child, (sighs) and even sometimes I would feel like it was so unfair to actually um, look at other girls, you know, just innocently playing with their friends, and I felt like I was being separated in a whole different world altogether. That, for me, that was that was my life, and. I would say, like, I really miss being innocent when I was at that point.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Just enjoying a childhood, just playing with your friends, you know, without expecting that after this, something is going to happen.
0: Your childhood's robbed, isn't it? Um, And then once you reached a bit older in your teenage years, you began to drink... Um, like most people do, they go down a rebellious stage. You found yourself hooking up with men. Very much so. And again, it's so easy to judge young girls when they do that. But I'm like, hang on, mm. let's let's hear their story because when you hear the story, it's no surprise um, that you're going to go down that mm. down that road.
1: And uh, it's always like what my mom would say that no person or no girl can just wake up in any given morning to say that, oh, I think I should go and, you know, just abuse myself or I think I should just go and, you know, wreck that family. I think I should just go and prostitute myself because there has to be a story. There has to be a root. There has to be a, a starting point where a person, you know, is being led on to do uh, what he or she is doing at that point. Something that is totally opposite to what a... A normal person should do, or should live like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Were these men ever held to account? Were we? I mean, you probably didn't feel like you had a voice to um, bring justice. Did Did you ever tell anyone what happened to you, as a young? Um, or you've told your dad.
1: I never told anyone. Honestly, it was only until two thousand thirteen that uh, I was going to church. <clears throat> I was doing all I'm supposed to do, just to. I felt like my head was just above water. You know, I barely, I was barely breathing, and uh, it's. It was only when I met my Australian mom, and the one thing that she told me was, "You're not insignificant." And I tell you the truth, I didn't know what insignificant I insignificant meant back then. So I asked her, "What does that mean?" And um, she said, it means that you're you're not um, insufficient. You're actually enough. You know, I don't have to do anything to actually gain God's love because he loves me just the way I am. He loves me even though I feel like this. I feel dirty. I feel um, insignificant. I feel dumb. And I feel unwanted or unloved. Mm-hmm. And then for that to happen, it really saved like saved me, saved my life. Because um, honestly, I was on the verge of committing suicide like I mentioned before. It wasn't easy to actually drag that secret for, carry that secret for 20 years, 20 something years. I was going to church, but that didn't solve anything because I had all these secrets within me that needs to come out. And when that happened, when she counseled me and I just, you know, just, told her everything that happened it was the best thing ever I felt like the first time I could actually breathe
0: yeah mm. and that's powerful and that's something I've really noticed in all my interviews with the women what's helped them is having yes. one per, at least one person who believes them and doesn't judge them so. and tell them it's their fault um, but actually comes alongside and I mean this should be the role of the church as Christians but we've become so religious mm. and so judgmental Um, but thank goodness in god's grace and love for you he placed your australian mum over there in fiji to walk alongside of you and my prayer is that as we become healed and hold we can do that for the thousands of other women across fiji i mean it's it's just about everyone well can we hear your song now (laughs) now that you've cried Here we go.
2: These walls look familiar. I'm having another flashback. It's like I've been here before. together the keys right there in your hand so take the first step God will take the rest there's no way I'm gonna give up for I will the fruits of his hands all these years. No hope for survival. Stuck within a cycle. Curled up in a corner as he locked the door and he left me to pick myself up off the floor. Don't know if I can do this anymore. No, 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 no. There's no way I'm gonna give up. For I was made for greatness. Sticking stones
0: Awesome. beautiful even when it's over zoom <laughs> um still still beautiful what a powerful song and i think um, music is a powerful way for bringing healing and god's using that in your life so thank you d and i know you've recorded that professionally um, and it's going to be out on spotify soon so people can listen to um a better version that's not Zoom, but that's just so powerful. So thank you for sharing a a bit of your story. I know there's so much more we could say, but um, time has run out for us this morning. Um, What's one thing you would like to leave women who are currently in abusive relationships? What would you like to say to them? I just
1: want to remind them that um, you are significant. That you're beautiful and you are a woman of worth and you have it in you to fight whatever battles that you're fighting right now and that never give up, never give up, just
0: never give up. And you're a great example that there is hope. Very much so. And we haven't even shared the full story because I know you've um, experienced abuse just a few more years ago in a different way, but um, we'll save that for another Zoom. But you're continuing to go, uh, keep going. So God bless you and thank you so much for sharing your story today.
1: Thank you so much, my sister.
0: Thank you.